Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not come you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of the Keep Shell and Hair Podcast. I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm Jason Lindsay. How are you this fine week? I'm all right this fine week. How are you this fine week? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. There's a lot... There's a lot uh like TV stuff happening this week it feels like. You mean just stuff premiering and Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some some nerd stuff that we can talk about in a Yeah, well, unfortunately, uh, something's goofy with my um our cable system or something. Uh-oh. I the newest Doctor Who did not get uh, recorded. Oh. And all the channels are different now. You know how like you sort of memorize, you know, HBO is from here to here. Everything yeah. has been moved up like 20 positions. So 502 is now 522 or something. I don't know if that has anything to do with why this didn't get recorded or not, but there was a new Doctor Who episode this weekend, right? There was, and it was kind of a game changer, yeah. All right, well, I haven't... Maybe it's, you should track that down. It's funny because it, uh, it's not a huge spoiler. This one takes place in space. Okay. We see those same old spacesuits that we've seen oh. over and over again since the... The tenant years. Yeah, the orange, uh, orange spacesuits. Yeah, and then just kind of, you know, we were about, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes in, and my wife goes, you know what, my least favorite ones are the space ones when they're in space. Mm. I just don't. Why is that? And it's just like, well, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to see the rest, so I didn't probe, so I'll have to ask so her. She likes it more when it's like earthbound and relatable, right. kind of? I think so, yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, I will say that I. But then the last, like, 10 minutes of it. Yeah it kind of becomes something completely different than the rest of the episode. And it's very interesting. Oh, crap, man. Very, very different dynamic, just, which I which I don't know if I've seen that dynamic in Doctor Who before. So that sounds like just what I've been waiting for, because I feel like it's, yeah. it's there, but like, and it's there with him. And I feel like she's finally been given more of a purpose because of the new Doctor. It's like she finally, there's some depth to this character and... Uh, interesting things happening, and but it, it just—I feel like it just takes it right up to the edge, and then kind of not lets me down, but just kind of, you know, like the one that was really spooky. That one, you know, the the spooky one. The listen. I mean, there was some genuinely creepy, spooky, <coughs> excuse me, moments in there, um, as creepy as anything that's been done on the show. And then I just felt like the, I just didn't care for the the wrap up. It's like. I don't need to know that stuff. But anyway, we'll get to all that, and I haven't seen it. But um, let's kick this off with a little segment that has become affectionately known as what Daniel Pickett is excited about. So the funny, the what I am excited about is uh, Star Wars Rebels. And I actually have not seen it. It officially premiered over the weekend on... It's not official channel, but then its official channel was yesterday, and I have not had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, there are th- like four little shorts that they put out ahead of time uh-huh. uh, that I did watch. I gra- I grabbed those, uh-huh. but I've just been hearing such great things about it, and it's just exactly the sort of 
thing we have been waiting for as far as sort of filling in the universe and being in the time period we care about, seeing things we like. It's not, uh, you know, boring political drama, you know, that sort of, (laughs) you know, the, 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 yeah, I know you do. About the trade routes and. The trade, right? Yeah, exactly. Tax disputes. Where am I going to get that in an anime? Nemoidians. Well, yeah, I mean, there's still, I don't know, six seasons of Clone Wars you can go back That's and see, true. plus those well, this, those three prequels. This is good right there waiting. Because uh, it's not that I've avoided it, I just kind of forgot about it. I've seen some commercials that really didn't didn't really do much for me. I think the the cute factor, I'm, I'm kind of over the cuteness and, you know, some of the wise cracking and stuff. I just don't think it fits with this with this world. Um, but I, I have been hearing some, some cool things, so I, I'll definitely, um, you know, have to dive in and, and give it, give it a, give it a shot. Uh, yeah. Just kind of watching like the trailers and the commercials, you can, you know, if you, if you just sort of sit back and analyze it, you go, okay, they just went in and wrote down everything we thought was cool about the original trilogy and went, how do we tweak this a little bit? So it doesn't look like we're just doing the same thing over again. But uh, we've heard now that I think Darth Vader's going to be in the season. Oh, wow. Coming up, C-3PO and R2-D2 will make appearances. I, but you know what's funny is the first thing I noticed in the commercial that I saw, or mini trailer, whatever it was, was it didn't sound like Anthony Daniels. I suddenly thought, there's no way they got someone else to do. He's done every single C-3PO thing ever. Oh, yeah. So it's got to be him, but it just didn't sound like him. Maybe they're... Huh. Maybe they're messing with his his voice in some way or something. But um, uh, maybe he had a cold. Maybe he had a robot cold. Yes. Um, but I will I will definitely look into it. You kind of we're kind of obligated to, aren't we? Yeah, but it's the first time I've actually I feel like I've been looking forward to something. Like I mean, I'm certainly looking forward to episode seven, mm-hmm. but that still feels very far away. Uh, but it, it seemed funny because we really have been in this weird Star Wars lull that started with the the sale of, of Lucasfilm, and when they scuttled the other two uh, 3D prequels, re-releasing those, like, Star Wars disappeared from Walmart for several months. Mm. And it was barely hanging on at, like, Target, and Toys R Us got real thin, and it's just been real weird, and now suddenly... Mm. The, it feels like the, the switch has been flipped. And I know, of course, be careful what you ask for, because... Come this time next year, and certainly the year after, and from till we die, it's going to be an avalanche of Star Wars. Right. You know, it's but funny. It just felt weird that that weird period without Star Wars again that it, that we haven't seen since you know ninety five. Really, it's funny you say that because uh, I was having a conversation with someone about the uh, episode seven and everything, and their argument was they think that first of all. This movie's going to come out Christmas 2015, right? Yeah. It's coming out before Batman Superman. Yeah. How is that? What the hell are they doing? How can a Star Wars, a new Star Wars movie come out before this Batman Superman thing? This thing is still like 4 years away or something. It's like it better blow my head off. Uh, <laughs> but it's coming out Christmas 2015 and the argument that uh, this person who should remain nameless said was that he thought the Avengers, uh, the sequel, and the characters themselves and the whole Marvel Universe is more relevant to uh, this generation or kids than Star Wars. And he felt that the next Avengers is going to do 
more than episode seven and be bigger. And um, I don't know I'm if I'm quite, quite sure I would go that far. Well, it's interesting because, you know, what what is there's it's all over the place, obviously, but there's a whole aisle at Toys R Us that is just Marvel, essentially. Like, the Marvel Universe is really widespread and become, you know, household, household names. Um, yeah. What is the relatability with Star Wars? Are, are more kids relating to the original films, the prequels, the animated series? Like, what is their – they all kind of know R2 and Vader and 3PO and whatever, but, like, the actual ins and outs of the characters, how much do they, do they know or do they pay attention to versus, you know, all the Marvel stuff, which is year-round and has been – built up for several years now. It's an interesting argument. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think that the kids, you know, their window to Star Wars was certainly Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just going to Halloween parades every year at my daughter's school and stuff. I mean, it, it was it was thick with with prequel and Clone Wars stuff. And the kids really like that. And I think had there not been that strange stumbling block where Disney sort of halted everything mm-hmm. uh, that would have, I mean, it would have been difficult to sustain. And I think eventually, yes, Marvel would have uh, overtaken them, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it was going strong and kids were, were really digging that, that universe. So you, but, you mean until, until Disney did until, yeah, they put the brakes on it, too, so that they could reboot and figure out what they were going to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the bottom line is, either way, Disney's going to do just fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when whoever wins. They've got both of them, so. Whoever loses, Disney wins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very cool. All right. Well, that uh, I'll get myself excited as well and uh, set the old, set the VCR for, uh, for maybe that's the problem. I'm still programming my VCR. Right. Yeah, that could be that could be an issue. I think I need to clean the heads. Yeah, make sure you got some blank tapes. Yeah, you remember the head, the old head cleaners you had to put? Oh, I do, sure. Watch the picture and the audio and make sure that it was all nice and I do adjust the tracking. The tra- yeah, and you don't want to record, you know, too many episodes of whatever show because it, you know, you should only do like two per tape. You know, keep it on the 4 hour or the 2 hour. Oh, you're doing super slow. Yeah, because if you put six episodes on there, that you know, you, you know, your uh, tracking is off, and you know. No, I, I did the I because uh, I was recording in such bulk, I had to do the 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 six episodes. Yeah, me too. Uh, lots of lots of crazy shit. <laughs> just thinking about Seinfeld, just taping Seinfeld and having those on tape and watching them over and over again. You remember what a what a revelation it was when VCR Plus came out. Remind me what VCR Plus was? VCR Plus was kind of the early concept of uh, of DVR. So it was instead of you programming your VCR to say every Tuesday at 8 o'clock right. to 8.30, record this. Right. Uh, in the TV Guide, there'd be like a six to eight digit code. And you'd put that into your VCR and it would just know oh, yeah. to record on Tuesdays. Yeah. Well, remember the, just how wild it was that you could maybe i'm getting this wrong but weren't you able to watch something else while recording something else you could yeah that was like wow yeah. that was like nasa technology that you could do such a thing totally yeah that was that was big news 
Um, so yeah, so I'll I'll look uh, I'll look into this Star Wars show. You should, you should. This Rebels show that kids are talking about. Uh, so how about you? What what do you got? What's uh what's lighting you up these days? Well, I have come across uh, a, a semi holy grail of uh, collectability. Semi holy. Semi holy. Well, um, as you may or may not know, I'm a big fan of Flash Gordon the movie. I do know that. 1980. Um, so much so that I started a toy company and <laughs> yeah, I company. started making toys. Um, but uh, I've talked about it a million times on the show. Everyone knows how much I, I love this thing. And, um, you know, I've got a, it's, it's uh, sad in some ways that it never got its due merchandise wise. And on the other hand, it's great as a collector because you can be a completist fairly quickly. It's just that the stuff is very, very difficult to find. And you can count on one hand, the number of official, pieces of merchandise that were made for this movie. I tend to think that it was because the filmation series was on, you know, the year before and Mattel did a great line of action figures, vehicles, stuff that maybe somebody thought, Oh, well there's stuff already out there. You know, we don't need to do anything. I, I don't know what, I never understood. That's what the kids will play with. Yeah. I never understood what the thinking was, but it's, you know, it was right in the pocket of the stuff that would have been, you know, would have gotten action figures made in 1980 and, you know, sci-fi boom and all that stuff. Um, anyway, just finding out what's out there is difficult. There's some, you know, printed materials, obviously the stuff related to Queen and the soundtrack. There's Weetabix, you know, cards from Weetabix cereal in the UK and a, uh, an album that you had to mail away for to s- stick the cards in. And there's a, a, a Lone Star cap gun. Uh, from from England and you know bits and pieces here and there, but th- there's not much. Um, then uh, there are a couple of Halloween costumes. Uh, oh, right. I found one website years ago that's still floating around out there that shows them uh, both. One is Flash Gordon, uh, and you know, and as people know, the classic box costumes by like you know Ben Cooper and Collegeville and things like that. The costume either. You know, the the from the neck down, it was either uh, a reproduction of the character's outfit. Like if it was Darth Vader, it could be you know Vader from the neck down. You know, the chest plate and all that stuff. Or that's what you hope. That's for. what you hope for when you open up that box. Or it's a picture of Darth Vader on his chest with the words Darth Vader and Star Wars. That just yeah. to remind him in case you know he can't find his outfit or something. Um, so the Flash Gordon one is uh, the, a mask of you know Sam Jones, and then the it's a picture of him on his own chest, and then the other one is a Hawkman, not not Voltan, but just a Hawkman mask, and then a picture of you know Hawkman on on the the chest. Uh, those are the only two I've ever found evidence of. A couple years ago, I found the Flash Gordon mask, but not the costume, and then okay. lo and behold, uh, my my pal Brian Hyler sends me a text and an email like, you've got to get on eBay now. Uh, pristine. I mean, like it came out of the store yesterday. Hawkman uh, costume and mask in the box. Just pristine. And, and, and you know, the, the boxes, for, for those of you that don't remember this stuff, are, are much younger than us. Um, either were generic boxes that 
had the name of the character on the side or maybe a sticker of the, of the movie title or something. Or yes, there, there was a lot of that. Yeah, if you were lucky, uh, you know, as a collector or whatever, you know, if it was a Star Wars thing, the box itself had Star Wars characters on it and the logo and everything. So this is a Collegeville costume. But they were flimsy boxes. Oh. They were almost made out of tissue. They were yeah. just really light cardboard with the thinnest possible cellophane yep. on the front yep. to show the mask. And they were not meant to survive another season. No, and that's what makes them, I think, for some people so valuable or, or difficult to get is that they're so fragile. Like the, the plastic always, you know, the wind, the cellophane always breaks and it's, you know, the boxes fall apart and everything. Um, this is one of the former boxes where it's just a generic box, but it has a big yellow sticker at the top that's the movie logo of Flash Gordon. And, you know, the, the date is 1981. So the movie came out Christmas of 80. So by mm-hmm. Halloween of 81, you know, these are the two. And I always found it weird that these are the only two costumes that exist. Uh, like why they would never have made a Ming. Wouldn't it have been just, you know, hugely obvious to make the bad guy, to make to at least make Ming? Uh, and you could go around and try and make unwilling neighborhood girls marry you and stuff? Yes, or, you know, recreate scenes from Hannah and her sisters or right. uh, Bergman films. Um, so, so I... Or Strange Brew. I, I won it. I, I, I won uh, the, the auction. It, it, got, it got a little heated. I was kind of surprised that there were other people that cared uh, as much as I did, but I felt obligated, you know, as, um, you know, because my, my public persona, uh, loving this movie so much, I felt obligated to stick my neck out and uh and I got it. So it's very exciting. It's one of the few, you know, rare pieces of Flash Gordon licensed member uh, merchandise that that was made. So you've got your costume already just in time for Halloween. This is terrific. It's like a glove. I can't wait to see you in it. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's so funny. It's like these you think about the stuff that we I mean, we got I don't know about you, but I used to get excited. Yeah. For Halloween? Where you, you know, like, you, you know, you got a, a new one made every year or something. Yeah. So you were you were a box kid or you were you were a homemade costume kid? Uh, so I started off as a box kid just as a as a little toddler, but I, I think I've told at some point uh, my aunt made me uh, a, a cloth Batman outfit. Oh yeah, that was tailored to me. Yeah. So I'm sure I wore that until it broke down to its periodic elements. Well, you're wearing it under your clothes right now. I'm wearing it right now, yeah. Just keep letting it out. I'm supposed to tell anybody. I'm, I need to be ready at a moment's notice in case there's crime in my neighborhood. That's true. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, these things, man, they were just, I mean, especially in Minnesota, you know, you'd have to wear a snowsuit under this thing, and it would fall apart before you got to the end of the block. The first five minutes you're out the door. Uh, and then you're you're breathing into that mask, yeah. which is causing condensation yes. <laughs> that is then getting cold. I don't know how these and slicing your lips. Yes, your you kids today, your yeah. lips and you're sweating and it's just sticking yeah. to your face. Like you know, I'm surprised kids weren't just dropping like flies back then. But uh, but it's a really it's actually a really nice. I only have one other Halloween costume as as a piece of memorabilia, and that's Indiana Jones. Uh, oh. They put one out. Uh, ben Cooper put one out for Raiders, uh, and it's a hard one to find. Um, so I've got that, and now I've got this one, and I just need to find the Flash Gordon one. I've got the Flash Gordon mask, but I need the actual costume. So as always, right. 
we love getting gifts if anybody out there cares if you want to you know find it and send it in uh so that's what i'm excited about and i think i can also say that we are both excited about something else at the same time and that is this mind-blowing announcement by showtime that twin peaks is coming back to television in 2016 nine episode commitment uh, David Lynch, Mark Frost, doing it again. God knows where this is going to go. And it's funny because we were talking about this on the show not too long ago where you know, yep. my wife and I were kind of revisiting the, the series and just how, how quickly it fell apart, you know, the way that it did. But when it was cooking, just what a brilliant piece of television it was. Well, now with, you know, with Showtime, God knows where this thing can go, you know, whatever was implied before. And all these years later knowing how the series wrapped up, where this thing is going gonna, is gonna to pick up. It's just, it's such a bizarre, it's like this embarrassment of riches, all these things that are happening in our lifetime that you never would have thought was ever going to, I mean, now there's, there's word of a possible Indiana Jones 5, that like that's actually happening. Well, let's, uh, let's hold on to Indiana Jones 5, though, because we can't talk about Twin Peaks. That's, Twin Peaks, to me, that's off the wall. And they, they teased it, both Frost and Lynch, last week. And I think I even put it up on our page. Uh, they both tweeted the same day uh, that line from the show that uh, from um, – excuse me, I'm falling. Are you all right? Something just collapsed. The ceiling collapsed on me. Have a str- I need you to call for help. <laughs> uh, they That line, that gum you like, is coming back into style. Oh, right. And I and – I, I think we all wanted to believe that maybe what that means, but that can't be right. It's it's it just more than twenty years later. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, the show never and the fact that like sense. at one point Laura Palmer says, you know, like see you in twenty five years, and we're in twenty sixteen when this thing comes out. Sometimes my arm it's going to be back. I mean, that's I that's will never... But I mean, Twin Peaks was. So it, it it did several things. I mean, it was it was certainly the blueprint for a lot of this genre TV we see now. Absolutely. You know, Lost, uh, X Files, all that. But it the, the I think the bigger thing that it did was it was the first time because uh, very much back in the day there was that gigantic divide between movie and TV, and it was for directors, it was for actors. Right. It was for producers. I mean, the two did not ever meet, and uh, TV was actually looked down upon. Well, it was, it was and, yeah, it was always, um, you know, it, it came in those waves where, where when it was, you know, kicking off in the fifties, in the in the sixties, it, it took some of the audience away from the movies. But then you had people. You know, like George C. Scott that said, if I ever did television, it would be slumming. I would never go back and do that now that I've, you know, been a movie actor. And yeah. Yeah, But it did. It opened the door. And then suddenly there was this, in its wake, were all these, you know, shows that tried to be like Twin Peaks, but that also, you know, people like Robert Altman were involved in and, you know, network television. Like, well, we can do so much more with this medium and take the story further and everything else. It was, it was you know, again, we talked about this when, you know, when I... When I said we were watching it again it's it's shocking looking at it again all these years later just how freaking weird it is i know that's a cliche (laughs) but it is so weird 
it is so you know it's it's such a cliche to say it when you say like well there was there was never anything on television like it before there truly wasn't and there was and in some ways if you just want to look at that first season or the first six episodes or just the pilot in many ways there hasn't been anything like it since on network television i mean this wasn't even it was that, that thing you had to you had to see every episode yeah or you were lost yeah uh, and then you had to find people to talk about it with because there were a dozen things in the episode that you have no idea what they meant and stuff just did not get resolved. Well, I remember, I mean, I'm sure you did this too. I, I got the audio tape, you know, the, 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 you know, Agent Cooper talks into the, into the tape recorder thing. Oh yeah. And I got Laura Palmer's diary and I diary, sift, you better believe it. sifted through that stuff hoping to get, you know, I mean, it, and it, you, but it was, the other interesting thing too is it's a, a very short period of time that this thing showed up, you know, was on the cover of Rolling Stone and, you know, and, and uh, McLaughlin's on SNL and there's, you know, sketches and everything. I mean, it really was in the zeitgeist. Uh, it was two seasons, I think just 29 episodes or it. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, it, it's a, the saddest part of it is, well, like I said, revisiting again is just when it goes off the rails, it goes off the rails in a, in such a spectacular fashion that, again, as as revolutionary as the show was when it showed up, it 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 blew up, it imploded in such a horrible way uh, that you can't believe it's the same show. It just it it goes so freaking wrong. But it still has its moments, you know, towards the end. But um, yeah, it's just it's just incredible to think this is. We're going to come back to this, and you know it's just going to be weird and just mental. So, uh, and it's it's not a reboot. No. They're saying it's taking place in real time. So, twenty some odd years have passed. They're trying to get as much of the cast back as possible. They're trying to get Angelo Badalamente back to do the music. I mean, uh, it's just it's. It's so strange to, uh, for all this time. Lynch is going to direct all the episodes. He's going to direct all nine. Yeah, they're, they're you know writing them uh, together, um, and then it, you know without you know spoilers, without saying too much. If those of you that, that know the show and know how it ended, I mean, boy, does that just you just go? How the hell are they going to pick this up? What is, yes. what's been going on with this character for twenty four years? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a trip. It's we, we could talk all day about this, but it is it's something to get very very excited about. Um, so lots of lots of craziness happening in our in our you know and and um, you know we keep losing people. You know like James Garner or you know whoever. Like we're we're at the age that we're at that these people that we grew up with and seem like they'd be around forever. You know it's it's happening. Um, yeah. Uh, so just these remarkable things that are that are actually in production or that are happening are, are hard to believe. Um, some people think they should just leave things alone, and some people go, you know, if we can do it and we've got the people, why shouldn't we? Um, and so there was a you know sort of an offhand announcement. I forget who the cinematographer was that was asked. Was it Kaminsky? I forget who it was, but it was asked what your next project was, and he said Indiana Jones Five. Yeah. Like. He was like in an interview, just like, "Hey, wait a second, what?" Yeah, it's like it's just, oh yeah, no big deal. I'm just doing that. Um, and then, of course, you know, people go, "Well, what does that mean?" I mean, as we talked about this uh, as well. That something was bound to happen with that character, with the Disney stuff, um, sooner or later. It's just there's been all these rumors about 
the reason that Harrison Ford held out or one of the things that he had in his deal to do the new Star Wars was that he would get to revisit Indiana Jones uh, sooner than later. Uh, but then, it, of course, it leads to, well, if is it going to be a, you know, a wrapping up where another character comes in or, you know, I don't know what. Is he even going to be in it? There's all kinds of – but again, there's nothing has been, you know, absolutely confirmed either. Um, right. Because they've, they've kind of said like, – I think it was Kathleen Kennedy kind of said the opposite where it was like we're not doing – or maybe it was Bob Iger. One of them was just like, yeah, we've got that, but we've got no plans for it right now. We've got bigger fish to fry. We've got to get Star Wars going. Yeah, that was like a month I, – I swear we just read that not too long ago. Where someone, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very long ago. Yeah, nothing's happening. And then a couple of times people have kind of come out and go, yeah, uh, no script, nothing, you know, nothing to see here. We're all right. I've never understood Move along. either. That always killed me. It's like it's George's thing when he comes up with a great idea. Like, what are you doing all day? What's he doing that he can't – you think he could just wake up at, you know, 7 a.m. on a certain morning and by 10 he should have a list of ideas for Indiana Jones to go after. Let's get going here. Certainly not doing chin-ups, I'll tell you oh, that. Oh, now, come on. What? Well, what? you know, there's, you've got a point. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so what the hell is going on? I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy, right? Uh, Again, there's it's, all it's, that. Uh, it's an embarrassment of riches. But we just said, what were we just saying? We said Indy, Twin Peaks. There was something else that I just went, wow, that's really uh, happening. Um, and now I've forgotten what it was. Um, I'm sure it's that there was a new, uh, finally, a new Homestar Runner cartoon on HomestarRunner.com. I don't even know what that is. Do I know what that is? Not really. Should I know what that is? You've never seen Homestar Runner. It sounds like you made it up. I have not made it up. Oh, my goodness. Homestar Runner. But you also told me about Die Antved or Die Ant- Antifa. <laughs> Die yes. And you, when you mentioned that, you were like, how do you not know? I was like, I don't know what the hell this is. And then I saw it, and it scared me. Yeah, it should, that should, you should have scared. told yeah. me that it was going to scare me. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, it's looking very much like not only is Mr. Nimoy back for Star Trek Three reboot, but Shatner is in it. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, That's what they're saying. we never thought that was going to happen. No. You know, uh, you know, my thing. And look, I've met the man. And I, when I when I say this, please take this the right way. I have met Shatner. I have spent a total of Three and a half minutes around the man. I would not want to get into a fight with William Shatner. <laughs> um, at 83, he could kick my face in. Oh, he's still riding horses and lassoing things. He looks. I know what everybody thinks. I know shoeing horses. I know what everybody's thinking. And I know what everybody's saying. You know, he's got a bit of a tummy and he's kind of puffy and you know whatever. He is solid. He is. A, yeah. He's a. He's a solid man. Uh, well, you look up barrel chest in the dictionary, and the, right there. There's a picture of the Shat. There's a young William Shat. But uh, something's got to give if he's going to do this, right? I mean, he can't just – we don't want him – you know, he's he's got to do a little something, right? Doesn't he have to kind of make a bit yeah. of an effort to – Yeah, put on his man spanks and squeeze into that red uniform and – I don't think those are going to – Deliver those lines? I don't think those are going to work anymore. Come on. Frankly, I'm sorry, but – I just don't and tighten up the toupee, and he is back. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back in the captain's whoa, chair. Whoa, whoa, What toupee? The wig. What's this wig you speak of? I'm just saying. You, that's blasphemy. 
No. So that's happening, uh, yeah. which is just what the hell. Uh, so that's what I'm talking about, you know? Uh, China Beach is finally out. Uh, no, I'm not sure that's what we're... Um, and, and then, of course, we've got Alien. 35th anniversary of Alien uh, just came out or is about to come out on Blu-ray, I think. Uh, yeah. Let me just say, <clears throat> for the record, if there's anyone listening that doesn't have Alien <laughs> on DVD in some form or another at this point, then shame on you. You shouldn't buy it now. Shame on you, shame on you, shame on you. Um, so you cannot wait for the 35th anniversary? I just want to know what else, what, you know, what what's in this new... I've got every release of that thing. I can't tell you how many times I've bought this this thing. Right. Uh, you know... Uh, Right? I mean, enough. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that there is a new like commentary track by David Lindelof that will explain. Yeah, because if you can wrap it up, it's Lindelof. Now, did you get? But see, you're a big gamer guy. Did you right. get the? Um, are you getting the new game, or is that out yet? Or are you? Uh, it is out. I haven't got it yet. Uh, I saw it at. E3, and I think they, yeah, they had it at Comic-Con, but at Comic-Con they had it like in a giant uh, facehugger egg that you had to go sit inside. Yeah. Like a, a, a deprivation tank. Right. Where they're just trying to scare your socks off. Right. Now, speaking of getting your socks scared off your face. I don't have my socks on my Have face. you seen the trailer for this game? Yeah, I have. You saw the trailer yeah. where they talked to Sigourney Weaver and Tom Skerritt. And Angela Lansbury. I, I Did you clearly have not seen the extended version. Okay, so you haven't you have seen this trailer where they talk to the actors on camera? No, I guess I haven't seen that. I, I've, I've been right. seeing the commercials. Well, you, for you, you you need to look up this trailer because I don't know what Yafet Kato has been doing for the past thirty five years. You know, the last thing I think was Homicide. Uh, you know, Midnight Run. I don't. You, you just need to see this trailer. He's like missing a front tooth. He he makes Harry Dean Stanton look like Mark Wahlberg <laughs> in this trailer. Wow. Harry Dean Stanton's in the trailer and he goes, "Yeah, no, it's a classic film. What 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 year was it? What what did you do? 84, 85? What year did we make that movie?" And he doesn't even The know. guy behind the camera is like, "Well, it's 35th anniversary, so it'd be 1979." And then Stanton's like, "Holy shit." <laughs> 19th, really? Was it that? Like he has no idea when he made this movie. Uh, but you got to see this thing because Yafet Kato is just like he's missing a tooth. He's got something growing on his part of his head, and you know, what? I'm telling you, because weren't you just excited? Like they announced he was going to be at a show, and you were like, "Oh, that'd be cool to see him." Well, yeah, he's he's Alonzo Mosley from Midnight Run, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and of course, you know. Um, he live and let die and uh, alien, um, right? But good gravy! There's something going on. There's something wrong happening in Yafet's yard. Yikes. Yeah, you need to you need to see that, uh, or maybe you don't. Maybe you should just. You no, know, I'm gonna track it down. Do I want to know why you wrote the three words? Let me let me give you three words. Okay. I'm gonna scramble them. And okay. You put them in order. And you right. tell me what the hell this means. I already know. I already know what you're going to ask. All right, about. wars, right? Farts and right. star. Yeah, Star Wars farts. Oh, you did good. Nice work. Well, yeah. well done. That didn't take you very long. 
Do I want to know what the hell this is? Do I need to know what this is? Uh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It Star Wars part. It's really? a sweep of the nation. Is it? I, I, don't, I don't know. So I've been getting a press release from a guy. I've gotten it twice, and I know my buddy Greg, who actually works for the New York Times, has also been pitched Star Wars farts. <laughs> uh, well, it does kind of roll off the tongue. I'll give you that. It does. The young gentleman, it's his dream, and he thinks it's high time that he needs to go back through all six of the original film films uh, and insert fart there. jokes and sounds. Come on. Uh, and he tried to do it originally on YouTube, but YouTube keeps taking it down, you know, and he's kind of steamed about I... it. So <laughs> he has started a Kickstarter campaign Come on, because he believes everyone is on board with this and really wants to fund to make sure <laughs> Star Wars farts happens. Now, when does he go on his five-state killing spree? Uh, I, do, the, I think he's going to be too busy for the project putting in fart sounds. Let me just, uh, I don't want to sound like a Luddite, but may I just right. say that not everything that the internet is used for is a good idea. Just because the internet's out there. And we, you remember the guy that did, I'm sure we talked about this on the show, but there was a guy that lined up each of the six Star Wars films. So if you looked at the screen... You had three and three, you know, three on top, three on the. Oh yeah, yeah. And he lined them up and and just hit play, you yep. know, from the from the second that the Fox logo comes up on each of them, and it was fascinating to see. What? Yeah, but what? you you didn't watch it for like a full two hours. What was fascinating? I don't understand the point of that. What was the point of that? Well, I mean, it's just the it's the idea that you know all the movies start the same, uh-huh. you know. So you got the the opening crawl, uh-huh. the you know music, and then there's some sort of planet, uh-huh. and then a big ship comes overhead, right. and uh, and so there's there's cues that oddly enough, sort of in the structure of it, take place at the same time in all six films. Right. It's just an interesting experiment, but it's not something you would want to sit down. And watch in its entirety. Yeah, it's not. You know, you kind of see the highlight reel, and you go, "Oh, that's fascinating." Yeah, it's oh. not the Pink Floyd, you know, the Dark Side of the Moon, Wizard of Oz thing. Right. That's just plain creepy and weird. Yeah. This was just like, I mean, to me, it was the definition of, you know, you got way too much time on your hands. You got to find some other shit to do. So the the headline of the of the first email he sent me was Star Wars farts colon <laughs> we're reinventing Star Wars ellipses. Through farting, Star Wars and then colon? there's a Star Wars colon. Right. Yes, nicely done. Right. And then there's a picture of Admiral Akbar saying it's a fart. Oh, see, it's riffing on the line that he has. Yeah. Well, so uh, you know, he's got kind of a little paragraph, you know, talking so about it and grousing about YouTube's it's a crap uh, instead of it's a trap. Maybe it's a crap. That's uh, I think that works too yeah. clever. But then he kind of does his own FAQ, his own frequently asked questions. And the first one is, why have you done this? <laughs> uh, that would be, the, if there were 10 FAQs, each one of them would be, why have you done this? Yeah. So he says, after 40 years, Star Wars parodies have been mined out of every non-obvious joke. So one, a one-hour supercut of Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Padme farting is now the only necessary Star Wars parody left to be made. After we release Star Wars farts, we hope we we hope culture can move on 
towards new and exciting subjects to parody instead of making the same jokes about Star Wars over and over again. So he thinks by doing this, he's putting to bed all other Star Wars parodies. Some, you know, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, but something tells me this guy's being a little ironic. Right? Just a little, a little bit. Uh, he is asking for $1,138. Hey, you I recognize that, recognize number. that number. So far he has 15 backers uh, with $336. Pickett, this isn't you in secret. This is this is not. All right. Because no. you do seem oddly, oddly attracted to the idea. I don't know. Oddly, oddly flattering. <laughs> oddly f- f- farting toward the idea. I don't know why you would be. But yeah, you can you can look up Star Wars farts on Kickstarter. He's got a little teaser or, video or that, that gives you a little sample of what he's what he's going for. Or you could not, and, and or you could not. You know, pick up pick up a book. Any, any kind <laughs> that you know, the phone book would be fine. Read the phone book. Anything really, just to to do something other than look up Star Wars farts. He's got some T-shirts with Star Wars farts, like a, a sand trooper farting, holding a can of beans, saying "Move along, move along." Do you remember the um, the famous? <laughs> I'll admit, I mean, we all know there's something funny about that sound. Uh, yes. You know that there's 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 gold to be found in those hills. But do you remember that famous the footage of the preacher? And he by the hand of God, and he he'd wince. And he put his hands up, and then oh, yeah. somebody yeah, edited yeah. in all the fart sounds. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. that's funny. Yeah, that's that's. Funny. This is very much the same kind of thing. If you watch the teaser, is it though? It is. Well, He's doing the same sort of thing. He's taking funny faces that they did, uh, and 11? inserting different. Uh, it does not say how old he is in the FAQ, uh, so I'm well, not sure. Maybe we should move on because I feel like we've given so much time to this already. In a, in, a, in a horrible way. Hey, guess who's coming to the Hollywood Bowl in May of 2015? I'm going to have to say it is Peter Frampton coming alive once again. Yeah, very close. It's uh, it's the Jewish Elvis, Neil Diamond. Oh, yeah. Tuesday, May 19th, Hollywood Bowl, 2015. Will you be there? I'm tempted. First concert I ever went. It's either It's either Willie Nelson at the Minnesota State Fair... Or it was Neil Diamond at the St. Paul Civic Center in '81, um, and it was my first uh, my first concert. So wow. uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him again. Belt out some of those some of those tunes. A nice little bookend. Then you can't go to any other show after. That. Right. I would I would um, try to roll my car after the show. Yeah. Do it yeah. into a ditch. But uh, you know I might I might do that just to, just to hear Heartlight. <laughs> that is your favorite, I know. One more time. Yeah. Just yeah. to hear that. Um, so other uh, crazy news that we didn't think was going to happen. I don't think any of us thought this wasn't going to happen. But Robert Downey Jr. has been out promoting his new film called The Judge. The Judge. Uh, co-written, by the way, by my good pal Nick Shank, who wrote uh, Gran Torino. Oh, and nice. had a hand in the uh, Robocop, uh, Robot, Robotcop reboot. Yes, here and there. Um, so he's been out uh, pumping that that movie, and uh, I guess this Ellen DeGeneres character never heard pushes of him on Iron Man four because he well something had come out like yeah the day before well, he said something about Mel Gibson in an interview uh, uh, yeah, about, yeah like a like a Yahoo interview yeah that Gibson should be the guy to do Iron Man four 
Now, I've never disliked Mel Gibson. I've I've taken him here and there. I've never um, loved his stuff. Uh, he's it's I, I know this probably is a controversial thing to say in light of the things that he's said and done, but he's kind of grown on me over the years. Um, and boy, he did you see Edge of Darkness? No, this was a British uh, miniseries back in '85. Uh, brilliant miniseries with uh, Bob Peck and Joe Don Baker. Um, same director ends up making it as a, as a feature, a two-hour thing, and he's Gibson's fantastic in it. But did you ever see Apocalypto? No. It. You know, I never saw Passion of the Christ. I don't think I ever will. I can. I did see that. One. Never need to see that. Apocalypto is an amazing film. It is um, pulse pounding, as the kids say. Um, mm. Action and, and just incredibly violent and scary, uh, but really, really well done. Um, so, you know, the idea of him doing Iron Man 4 is not a, a, a crazy, crazy idea. It might be kind of interesting. Right. Uh, but, and, and the reason he says that is that, you know, when Robert Downey Jr., you know, was going through his tough times, prison, you know, drug addiction, all that. Mel was the one that kind of gave him his first comeback chance. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, people love so. Downey, man. Between Gibson and Joel Silver and whoever else and, and Favreau, he should be given Favreau. He apparently is the highest paid actor alive right now. He should yes. be giving John Favreau like 10% of every paycheck he gets. Easily, yeah. Because he fought for he it. He fought tooth and nail for him uh, to be Tony Stark. Um, and, and you know, pointed to um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and said, that's the guy. He should be the guy. Yeah. And nobody wanted him. Uh, so he should be he, – he, I truly – I think he'd be around and I think he'd be, uh, you know, fairly popular and working consistently. But if it weren't for Iron Man, you, you know – Everything turned around for that guy just with that one part. And don't you feel like he should just, you know, give it up to Favreau or just just give him everything? Totally. Just give him the you know every every paycheck. Well, he's about to have another kid. Maybe he could give his firstborn to, uh, to Favreau. That's not a bad idea. But apparently, yeah. genetically, they're a little stunted. They're they're all <laughs> they do drugs too. Apparently. And speaking of Favreau, real quick, his latest film, Chef, just came out on the DVD and oh, the Blu-ray. I can't so. wait to see that. I Highly you recommend. You said it was great, and I—it's fantastic. I really like Fabro. He's um, yeah. You'll like him even more after this, I feel. And uh, you know, my wife uh, met him. I just met him a couple of times, but I, it, mm -hmm. it was a show that he was executive producing with Alfonso Cuarón, uh, yes. like a year ago, called or what, not, Revolution. What was it called? Believe or it was on Revolution, Re wasn't it? Uh, yeah, maybe that. Was it. Yeah, where the lights went out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, and uh, she said he couldn't have been a nicer uh, gentleman, just just a really really nice guy. So um, yeah. I've always heard that about him. So he listens to a lot of podcasts. He likes podcasts. He? he actually does. Really? Yeah, yeah. We got to get the word to him. Uh, I love that. We love you, Favreau. Uh, listen to us, please. We'll uh, give you ten percent of our income from this. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy to share. Uh, yeah. What else you got before we got to wrap this sucker up? Uh, something that I, I forgot to put on the, the outline yes. uh, I saw, and I have not quite finished it yet. I think about 20 minutes till I'm done. Uh, there's a new documentary on Netflix. It's a Netflix exclusive yes. called Print the Legend. 
that is all about 3D printing and that technology. Okay. And it follows kind of the small companies that are trying to do Uh it, the small companies that then become the mid-sized companies, Uh like the MakerBots, and then also kind of the big giants, uh, 3D Systems, which is the company that just bought Gentle Giant. Mm, Okay. But very, very interesting, just kind of the race uh, of of how this technology gets into people's hands, Mm. what it's going to be able to do, Mm. and what, if any restrictions need to be put on it. Did you see the... It's, uh, it's very well done. Have you seen the, the car? The 3D printed car? Yeah. No, huh? It was on the Today Show uh, yesterday morning, I think it was. Oh, wow. Um, one of the hosts and the, and the guy with, with the company that did it said 90% of the vehicle was, was made off a 3D printer. Wow. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, very, very. I don't still don't quite understand because they were like, "What, what, you know, wasn't well the seat covers and the this and that." And so, and I really could at all, and it's it's was really an interesting looking vehicle because it's like the the just the 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 layers and the plastic and sort of the waves in there. It's really interesting. But they said, "Could this really happen? Like, could this be something that could be out there to purchase?" And he said, "Within you know ten to twelve months." This is this is going to be a possibility. Like people can you know buy this this vehicle, I guess. Wow. But uh, yeah, interesting. Well, speaking of that, I sort of rediscovered because we we always talk about documentaries. We love documentaries. There's a couple. I don't think I talked about this last time, but I don't know what led me to them again. I'd seen both of them before, but they were both done around the same time. One is called Easy Riders Raging Bulls, which is you did mention that. Did yeah. I mention that? Yep. based off the book, and the other one is called A Decade Under the Influence. Yep, you talked okay, about Okay, so I did, okay, because I yep. just got the Easy Riders Raging Bulls the other day and watched it uh, again. But it's just for people like us that are, you know, movie buffs and love the, the, the 70s, all that, so much great stuff out of there. I can't recommend these two things enough just to whet your appetites or make you think about other things or like, um, you know, I, I, I've seen that film, I should try this or whatever, and... um and uh, it always comes back. And you know what I discovered too? It's interesting. The only the two guys that come out of that whole period, really for the most part, unscathed. I mean, there were a few little hiccups here and there, um, but end up being the 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 gods are Lucas and Spielberg. Oh yeah. And they're also the only two that never dabbled in drugs. Oh uh, yeah. So what does that tell you, kids? Stay off the drugs, I'm going to guess. Yeah, or it, like I said before, don't pay for them. Right. Get someone else to pay for them and share. And, you know, next, uh, or I guess this coming week, uh, I think Friday on Showtime, there's a big Genesis uh, documentary. Genesis, the band? The band, yeah. You're shitting me. No, That's huh? weird because I just had them on, um, you know, on the old iPod when you do, uh, you pick a band and just do random. Right. Past couple days, just think. Oh, I'll hit Genesis and listen to stuff I haven't heard in, in forever. Uh, yeah, they got Peter Gabriel huh. and you know everyone. Wow, it's, it's the whole history sort of thing. So. Oh, cool! I'll definitely. Thanks for that. I'll definitely check that out. Thought thought that'd be right up your alley. Yeah, that's um, well with the whole the Kate. They're saying these Kate Bush live show. I mean, the reviews for these things are like the second coming. Like they are saying, it's huh. just this the most extraordinary 
live experience ever. And, you know, she was, she was tight with Peter Gabriel and they collaborated on stuff. And it just got me thinking about Genesis. And here we go. There's a documentary. There you go. Well, as usual, I'm sure we have plenty more to discuss. But, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to, that, you've got to open that shopping mall tomorrow morning. I do, yeah. The ribbon-cutting ceremony. Yeah, it's a big deal. And but uh, this this weekend is also New York Comic Con, so I'm sure we will have a lot of news Yes. Uh, about that. I just put up a, a ton of news uh, from the Go Hero executive replicas. Uh, they gave me a big scoop of, of all the things they're going to be showing. Nice. Some 12-inch prototypes, and the ones I'm most excited about, I think, uh, they're going to be doing the three astronauts from 2001. Oh, nice. They cannot call it 2001. Yeah. For some reason, they can't. Uh, Kubrick, with all those, I think Kubrick has, the estate has the rights, and they don't. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're doing they're doing that. And, the, uh, he was going to do uh, Danger Diabolic for the longest time. Steve showed prototypes of that figure, like, almost two years ago. Um Run of the time he first showed the Doc Savage uh, prototype. Well, I think yeah, he's doing that. And the Love what's it. the other one? The uh, his bad guy. His bad. What's guy. the bad guy's name? Which bad guy? Let me see. Well, let me look right here. Baron... I'll pull up the list. Oh, they're doing a 12-inch Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Yep, they're doing Adam West, Eartha Kitt, Julie Newmar. Eartha Kitt. Uh, Carolyn Carolyn Monroe. I've heard of her. Betty Page. Nice. Steve Reeves as Hercules, Bella Lugosi as Dr. Alex Zorka from The Phantom Creeps. Right. Uh, there's the Rocket Man, George Wallace as Rocket Man, the Spider, oh, Sadistic? Larry, Sadistic? Larry Bud Melman? No, it's uh, S-A-D-I-S-T-I-K. I don't know, but I thought he was going to do Diabolic. He's kind of a Frenchy guy in a skeleton jumpsuit. Ah. Well, good. he's doing but, Wilma he, Wilma Deering from the old Buck Rogers to go with the 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 vintage Buck Rogers that he already nice. did. Nice. Uh, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, uh, Lady Action from the Captain Action line, the She Creature, and he's also doing twelve inch figures of the Robinson family from Lost in Space. Danger, danger. Yes. Uh, good for Steve. I, you know, we're big fans of Steve. He's a sweet guy, and uh, he's. Got loads of passion and and uh, you know uh, and make some really pretty toys, and, but not an ounce of integrity. He's a horrible. What? No, no he's kidding. a good guy. He's a sweet guy, and he's got a nice family, and we wish him all the best. And I love that there's, you know, some of us out there trying to do this stuff, this crazy cult stuff, and you know, we're living in that golden age. I think still, uh, yeah. that's very cool news. So yeah, there'll be lots, and I may be able to share. A bit of exciting Biff Bang Pow news uh, next time we talk too. Oh, I like that. Which should be fun. Uh, lots of cool stuff happening on our end as well. And and Walking Dead is back this Sunday. So and Walking Dead is back this Sunday. And it was picked up for a sixth season today. Oh, nice. Yeah, great. So. Still about uh, zombies. Still about the zombies. All yeah. right. And, and, and next week we got to talk about the strain, the vampire thing of Guillermo del Toro. Oh, he, we finished the first season. I want to talk about. I that. I thought you were blocked up again. No, no. You mean no. the show? The show. Oh, okay. That's right. Well, I mean, we're On talking about Star Wars farts. Now you're talking about straining. <laughs> yes, that's true. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right, good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Sorry we had to make it short, but like I said, Pickett's got a big thing in the morning, and 
It's still an hour. I got to get to the there's, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. We got a lot packed in in an hour. I got to do story time at the orphanage. Oh, those kids. They're very demanding. I know. Well, you give them, you know, give them a little taste of some talent and they want you to do a put on a show. Bye. Yeah, I get it. I get Damn it. kids. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, we'll come, we'll, uh, you know, be uh, hitting you very soon. Indeed. All right, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Shiny. Let's be bad guys. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Secrets of nature's deepest mystery.